You're listening to a Sunday morning message from Glory Day Lutheran Church in Houston, Texas. Thanks for joining in. For more information about Glory Day and next steps you can take with us, check out gdlc.org or find us on Facebook and Instagram at GDLC Houston. Grace, mercy, and peace be to each and every one of you in the name of our risen Lord Jesus the Christ. I am Steve Garbrandt, blessed to be vicar here at Gloria Day and blessed to be the head of school at Lutheran South Academy. And this morning in our Being Challenge sermon series, we're going to look at the first habit of Jesus as we look at a commitment to community. And there is no better place to look at the importance of community than when God creates man. You see, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God says, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. In the very beginning of God's creation, and when he forms man from the dust of the ground, he is in communion with the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are in consultation together in perfect community as man is wonderfully and perfectly made. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. Everything about God's creation was good and perfect, but for man it was not good for him to be alone. And so God said, I will make him a helper fit for him. And so the first surgery occurs. God puts man into a deep sleep, and while he slept, he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord had God taken from the man he made into a woman. Man needed to not be alone. Man needed a helper Man needed community. And so God creates community in his perfect creation. And so man leaves his parents to be with his wife's family. And family units grew and families became clans and clans became societies. And so we have the sociological formation of community all with the basic understanding that the root foundation of community is that it is not good for man to be alone. And so family units came together in their clans, and in their religious unity, a community as a congregation came into being. Community, valued by God, created by God, ordained by God. There is a great beauty in having community. Where we live, where we interact, where we share joys and struggles, celebrations and pain. There we have community. There we need community. 
because it is not good for man or woman to be alone. Let me tell you about a story of community and action. Sixteen years ago, my family, my wife Rachel, our four-year-old Jonah and our three-year-old Eli, we were exercising together, doing a beach body workout before we were to go see Thomas the Tank Engine. The kids had their one-pound dumbbells. I was sweating. Silas was six months old watching from afar in his pack-and-play. And Rachel, my wife, was working hard, bound and determined to lose some postpartum baby weight. And then it happens. Rachel got sick. Her hands locked up. She struggled to breathe. My 30-year-old wife was having a massive heart attack. Our local rural hospital in southeast Michigan needed to lifelight her to a level one trauma center in Toledo, Ohio. The pilot of the lifelight helicopter must have seen the fear on my face in that tiny rural emergency room. He looked at me and said, do you want to ride with us? An argument broke out with rules and regulations being thrown about by hospital officials and an argument with the pilot, and he said, it's my chopper, and if he wants to ride, he's going with us. One of the nurses on that lifelight chopper was a member of one of the local Lutheran congregations. She knew my family. I was the principal of a small Lutheran high school in that small town. There were no secrets in that community. A 45-minute car ride took six minutes by chopper. Critical minutes. They took Rachel by gurney to a heart cath lab to just see how bad it was. They took me to the waiting room in the basement. A single lamp, no one else, dimly lit, all alone I was that Saturday morning. No, it was not good for man to be alone. Minutes seemed like hours, hours seemed like an eternity, and finally a doctor and a nurse came to that dungeon of a waiting room. Rachel had coded during the heart cath procedure. Her left anterior descending artery had dissected before the very eyes of the doctor. They defibrillated paddled her to no success with two tries. A team of medical personnel was performing CPR on her for 45 minutes by the time the doctor came to tell me what was happening. He said that they were going to continue to do CPR until the cardiovascular surgeon could arrive to do an emergency surgery. They were bound and determined to do all that they could for a 30-year-old woman with three little boys. 
during the emergency eight-hour quadruple bypass surgery, family members came to be with me at the hospital. It is not good for man to be alone. And so the community of family was welcomed and needed. Several pastors of the churches that our Lutheran high school serviced, they came as well. Parents of students that we had ministry with joined them. The community rallied in prayer there at the hospital and from afar. Prayer vigils were taking place by loved ones across the nation. After surgery like that, when the heart is on a bypass machine, they fill the heart full of blood and so that it starts beating again. A nurse came to tell me that they were unsuccessful in getting her heart to start for the two tries that they attempted. That nurse told me that they were going to try one more time, and if it didn't work, I was going to have to make a decision to let my wife go or put her on a machine to assist her heart in hopes of a transplant. I was crushed. I was terrified. I looked to Rachel's mom with tears and I said I could not let her go. Where there's life, there's hope, she said. I'll never forget her saying that. What seemed like an eternity, the nurse finally returned. And they said that they were closing up Rachel. I didn't know what that meant. But then she went on to say that her heart did start on the third try. But then they quickly told me they didn't know the extent of the damage to her body with having CPR taken for so long as long as it did. They were not sure if her organs had received enough blood. They were not sure if she was ever going to wake up. They were not sure of anything. They told me not to get my hopes up. I imagine that they never thought that she was going to survive that first night after such an ordeal. They led about 15 of us, our family, pastors, school parents, into her ICU room to see her. Our pastor offered up a prayer while I held Rachel's fluid, swollen hands. And then when the prayer was over, I leaned over and kissed her forehead. At that moment, her eyes opened up. A nurse pushed me out of the way, grabbed her hand in hopes of Rachel being able to answer a question with a nod. Another nurse rushed us out of the ICU room. Wow, that was such a miraculous joy. It was a long recovery for Rachel. Nine days in the ICU. She finally got home the day before Mother's Day. What a blessed present for her, for all of us. It was a long recovery for my family. 
At one point, we weren't sure Rachel was going to make it during her recovery. Her numbers didn't look good. She couldn't come off the ventilator. There was a lot of uncertainty. The first time I went home to see the boys, I took four-year-old Jonah and three-year-old Eli to their shared bedroom and we just sat on the bed. And I told them that their mommy was really sick and I didn't know when she was going to be able to come home. Jonah just sat there in introspective silence. And Eli just clung to me and squeezed me as tight as he could. And he and I cried and cried and cried. We needed each other. There is strength in community. Luke chapter 5 tells of a similar story of community. Jesus is in a house. A crowd has gathered around him and they have heard and seen and witnessed his healing power. And so some men were bringing a man on a mat who was paralyzed in hopes of having Jesus heal him. But the crowd was immense, and they could not find a way in. And so finding no way in to bring the paralyzed man into the house amongst the crowd for them to see Jesus, they went up on a roof, and they let down the man through a mat, through the tiles in the midst of Jesus. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said, man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, Why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise and pick up your mat and go home. And immediately he rose before them and picked up what he had been lying on and went home, glorifying God. And amazement seized them all, and they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, we have seen extraordinary things today. Friends, you see, it is not good for man or for woman to be alone. Man needs community. We need community. This paralyzed man had an amazing community of friends. He had friends that were going to do whatever possible to get their paralyzed friend to Jesus. One of the days while Rachel was in the ICU, one of the CPR tag team nurses came to check on her. That's 
when I got the chance to meet her. She told me, we just couldn't let a 30-year-old go. And just as that CPR tag team was going to do whatever possible to buy Rachel time to keep her alive for that surgeon to arrive, that paralyzed man's friends were going to do whatever they could to get that man to Jesus. Just as the life flight pilot broke every rule and regulation so that I could accompany my fragile wife to the hospital, that paralyzed man's friends were willing to destroy property. They were willing to break laws. They were willing to upset social boundaries so that their friend could get to Jesus. Friends, here is why. Community is so important. Why we need each other. It's because each of us has our own mat. The paralyzed man was stuck on his mat. Rachel's mat was a fragile heart. My mat was fear of being alone. Years later, three-year-old Eli grew to be an angry kid in elementary school. I know it may surprise you for those of you who know that 19-year-old today who is full of smiles and has a heart of gold. But when he was a little boy, he would lash out and say some things that I knew he didn't mean. He would punish me and Rachel with anger. And we couldn't figure out why. You see, my son, Eli's Matt, was the PTSD due to fear of losing his mommy. And once we figured that out, I was going to do whatever I could to help him. Just as this paralyzed man's friends would go through a tile roof, I would go through a brick wall for my kid. And so for months, on Wednesday nights, I would drive Eli an hour one way to see a Christian counselor at a Lutheran church to help him process his fear and help him to learn the tools and strategies of dealing with his fear. I was going to do whatever possible because of my love for my son to help him. And I cherished that time. Two hours in the car, just getting to spend it with him. A Burger King meal every Wednesday night. Because he needed me, and I loved him so. Friends, we each have our own mat. Our mats differ for sure, but there's a commonality in each and every one of our mats. A woven thread exists in my mat, which exists in your mat. And in your mat, and your mat, and in your mat, in all of our mats, 
a woven thread of sin. And God, who ordained community since the very beginning of creation, knows that it is not good for man to be alone. And in our sin, we are alone and separated from God. So He, in His overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love, sent His Son to carry our mats to the cross, to carry our struggles, our fears, our hurts, our sin, our shame, our guilt to the cross. And our Lord looks at us and says, your sins are forgiven you. Pick up your mat and live in community with me. Rachel is doing well. She teaches confirmation here at Gloria Day, and we are blessed by the community that we have here at Gloria Day, blessed by the community we have at Lutheran South Academy. We are blessed with the community that we have with family. We celebrate Life Day every April 29th, ever since 2017 would have been Life Day number one. We celebrate Life Day every April 29th. That community that rallied around us at that hospital, family, friends, it was a result of the investment that was put in to those relationships. The relationships that were formed over years. The choosing of who to be yoked with, who to be in relationship to. You see, we need community. We need to get connected with each other. We need to get connected in small groups. We need to grow in our vulnerability with each other. We need to find those that we can share our mats with and those who will trust us to share their mats with us. We need each other. And that's the blessing of community. And praise be to God that we get to commit to community. Now may the peace that surpasses all understanding guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope God used this time to turn your heart more towards Him. Be sure to check out Glory Day online at gdlc.org for next steps you can take. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at GDLC Houston as we help more people live life with Jesus every day.